Welcome to Welcome to Always Strikes Last, a Sigmar podcast. Uh, I'm Miles, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Matt and Jack. Welcome, welcome to the show. Good, good morrow, fellow people. <laughs> yeah. Good, good to have you here. Witnesses to our slow, painful improvement of intros. Welcome, oh, man. Glorious dregs. <laughs> glorious dregs. Uh, so oh, man. good. Excited so for a podcast the, uh, today. You guys, you guys see the uh, the new the new models? All these oh my sweet God. new models. I feel like they leaked and then 30 seconds later they were on the community website. Like every single Discord, it seemed like, or wherever. But yeah, that too. Yeah. (laughs) And they leaked like they leaked the models I was least interested about, right? I want to see what the new rules for the new models are. I don't give a crap about a battle mage. I know it's not going to be able to send a tree lord into me with plus four seven or whatever to its charge. Like screw that thing. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a fair point <laughs> but, but oh man uh, yeah no the new models look great uh that's going to be a really fun army for hopefully somebody else to collect i don't think i've got the steam but we'll see <laughs> but um oh yeah right? well that, that's the thing i kind of feel like i'm in the same boat i look at them and i say those are beautiful mm-hmm. not for me they're much humans <laughs> At least at the moment. Right. That's like uh, every like, I don't know, it's probably longer than six months, but it feels like every six months my brain is like, I should make Imperial Guard. And then I think about making Imperial Guard and I'm like, oh, no, no. Okay. Whew. That's, that's when, so. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. funny because it feels like every time I have that internal conversation as well, my Gene Steeler cult are like sitting in the corner going, you They're need like, to paint hey. us. You need to finish <laughs> painting us first. <laughs> they um, always say that but they'll, that'll never happen because there are too many of them <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> there are too many of them um no it is it is funny these releases they they finally found a kind of feel to the models where a they don't look like they're from the old world b they don't look frumpy there's no frills and i know a lot of people are probably going to be upset about that but you know i remember when i got the old empire handgunners mm-hmm. in the you know the what was it was that fourth edition or fifth edition with their little with their little tights and their puffy shirts yeah i remember when yeah. those released and i started that army the box came with what like two units of handgunners um I know it had a cannon and something else. Sure. And I was all about mm-hmm. my super metal flagellants that were so expensive for just two models in a blister. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am happy to see those times go. Yeah. Get those <laughs> get those German design artifacts out of the way and let's look at these new whatever they are. Um, well, I, I think um, podcasts that are maybe funnier than us have said in the past it's like sigmar is like oh i've, I've recreated all the humans and now you must dress like all of my dead friends <laughs> that's that's pretty fair right like i mean it, it is funny to think of it as like sigmar's historical preserve like if you guys ever go to one of those like colonial villages where everyone mm-hmm. has to dress up in the period costumes like mm-hmm. churn butter the old way it's like that but a god's version of it <laughs> <laughs> you will wear the poofy hats and you will eat the soft pretzel and you will like it <laughs> I, you know i i love it for just the quality of life the humans probably have because mm-hmm. you know you think about those costumes they were in like these renaissance style puffy like frilled shirts and feathers and like tight tights 
that cannot have been comfortable in like 95% of the environments they describe, you know, in you yeah. know, the age of Sigmar, like being sure. in some burning action plane or some liquid metal thing or some like horrible Nurgle swamp in the realm of life. None of that is good for feather maintenance and certainly no. probably a bit too humid for like puffy shirts. And I just, right? I just imagine, you know, an incarnate just running straight towards a line of handgunners. They're getting ready to flee, but they all have wedgies. So they're just waddling away in the quickest uh, way yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm happy to see that go. I'm happy to see it go. Same. But, uh, but you know, if, if you, if that is your thing, you can still, it looks like, you know, there is like a one for one to all the new models. So if you wanted to still play with the, um, the soft pretzel, uh, aesthetic uh if that is your jam you can looks like you can still pull that off <laughs> yeah and then these these new models look interesting too it looks like it's going to be just as static as it was before like maybe a moving gunline army from what i've seen yeah hard, yeah right so i mean that's, all those yeah. guys with their little bulwark shields and their you know little stick pistols yeah. um yeah so that'll be sure. interesting well, also the Ironworld Great Cannon, beautiful little piece, but definitely does not look like a thing which is easy to move. And I think the leaked profile said, what, three-inch movement and all of its abilities are basically telling you to stay still or it will not be as good. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it, it works so good on the Cruel Boys. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm oh, interested man. to see what the, you know, if the book has more than one play style. Um you know, and obviously we're only seeing the models that they want us to see right now. This is me like crossing my fingers, waiting for mm -hmm. the giant spider tank that I really yeah. want to see. That seems to be everywhere in all the artwork in the background. Um, but I, I really, I Cities of Sigmar used to be this mat. Well, by the end of the latest book, it just seemed to be this massive book of the same units using minutely different rules and mm -hmm. then you know your allegiance rules just crapped out on top of it and then that was basically just a vehicle for taking your stormcast army or your lizard man or whatever you wanted to bring in right or daughters of king okay. or something and it was, a, it was just a kind of a soup army and it all it really provided was the broth yeah, and and I'm I'm really hoping that this new book can kind of a stand on its own and b offer more than one play style. Um, I know we went into that like kind of diatribe with Beast of Chaos, where like, oh, it's mm -hmm. a one trick pony book, and I was really mm -hmm. just kind of disheartened about it. I have fifty wild riders that I would love to be able to proxy in whatever the new book comes out with, as long as it's sure. not a static army it'd be so nice to have more than one avenue of playing that army well i, I bet it will i mean you know obviously these new models kind of feel crusady like they're kind of moving along trying to set up some donner outposts or whatever but aren't they still supposed to be supported in different cities like you know tempest eye or well maybe the phoenix one's gone now based on all those <laughs> all those <laughs> retirements yeah. but you know at least in general there's hopefully a couple of things you can do <laughs> sure the 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 Phoenix Guard is really more of a ceremonial position at this point. Uh, I would imagine <laughs> it's like those guys with the with the tall hats that stand outside Buckingham Palace. You know, I don't think those are real guns. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, either way, they're scary as hell. So yeah. maybe maybe they'll have a facsimile uh, for the Phoenix Guard to be like, yes, don't worry about them. All of a sudden, they are terrifying. Yeah, man. Maybe they'll come back in a big way. We can only hope. Bring them out in the old world game. Just bring them all back to square bases. Such a such a move. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh uh, well. We could probably go on and on and on about these beautiful new minis, but much is yet to be revealed. Some of the rules are pretty spicy. Every one of the models looks cool. I know that like this whole Baroque feel and mm-hmm. some of the cool characters like the what was it, Whisper Blade or the Alchemist Warforger kind of had me drooling. Uh, and I definitely did. I like uh, guy with backpack uh, guy. Uh, the, the best model of the release is the little dino dog, the uh, the mascot. Gargoyle. Like, is that I what want- call it? Yeah, Gargolian mascot or something. I want like nice. 20 of those. I don't even know what I'm going to use them for. I just want 20 of those models just to like nice. have them placed randomly around, <clears throat> you know, my abode where I can just tut tut and boop it and then there just, you, you know, go on my day. <laughs> There's got to be no better place than the Mortal Realms to be like a dog or dog adjacent thing breeder. Like a lot, a lot of possibilities. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we crossbred this dog with spider swans. Yeah, it well, can gonna fly and climb walls. walls. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really angry. And like every one of these cities just has all of these things just rolling around, like in the market, and no one pays any mind. Very normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like one kind of edge case city out there. It's like yes, we we crossbred our uh, goose with a knife, and now yeah. it's just <laughs> goose knife. <laughs> this was not uh <laughs> this was not actually the topic for today's for today's podcast oh it wasn't what no was it topic? wasn't this was just us jumping on the jumping on the bandwagon of drooling over new stuff <laughs> yes exactly jumping on the pontifex caravan throne or whatever it right is, yes. oh my god <laughs> Uh, no, no. Today we were uh, we had planned at any rate to discuss the uh, the story so far, the state of the game, what is happening with Age of Sigmar, what is the deal? Indeed, Jack, go do it. What all is right, it? All Answer. the hot take now. Yeah. <laughs> the hottest take, specifically, of course, you know, for this particular episode in this new weird world we find ourselves in, in the new GHB. Right, we kind of mm-hmm. talked about last time. We have a whole year of. Zany magic causes, cool new tricks, battle tactics people aren't used to yet, grand strategies people aren't used to yet, and maybe some initial rumblings of how it's going to shape up to go off of. Seems like magic is good. Seems like magic is very good. Um, stuff I keep hearing about one place or another is that people are fearful of the soul blights. People are fearful mm-hmm. of the croak. <laughs> people are fearful of many other things, the KO. Um, yeah, I think some of those armies are having strong performances. Uh, but I feel like it's still really early days. I don't know, guys. What do you What do you have for like initial impressions from things you've seen or heard in the tournament scene? <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, just some reactions I was thinking of as you were talking about like uh, battle tactics are new and weird, and mm-hmm. yet I don't feel quite as starved up for them as I was in the last book. You know, yeah. like there's like one extra easy one than there was last time, or it feels that way. I'm, I feel like I'm averaging like 4.5 versus like a 3.5, um, you know, in sort of my casual learning games. It's yeah, like, yeah. 
at least with Nurgle last book, it was if I got I was I was getting four for sure, you know, especially doing like the world's prep and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like five was like on a good day if the stars aligned, you know. That's and that's maybe fair. that's that's why you know we didn't win. But uh, <laughs> yes, it's you. It's it's you, Miles. You know, uh, it's but it's I'm not them. It's you. Where more people are getting four easily, and and the five is is coming around, um, and maybe we all need to learn how to uh, counterplay other people's uh, battle tactics a little bit better because you know it's all kind of new. That, but, that's a fair point. Do you feel that you're still using the same amount of book battle tactics, like army book battle tactics, allegiance mm. battle tactics, if you will? Um, Interesting. Well, I I recently uh, was reacquainted with my uh, carriage on overlords. Uh, thanks to Jack for sending those over. Um, very welcome. And very welcome. They have a bunch of ridiculously good be- book battle tactics. Oh, theirs are so dumb. They're so yeah, dumb. There's, get get in the boat. Get out the boat. Uh, clear off an objective and shoot. Kill something in your shooting phase. Those are the battle tactics that, like, an addition, not an addition, like a like a general's handbook ago. It was kind of yeah. rage-inducing, like when someone would have to jump through like the eye of the needle to get one yeah. army, and then mm-hmm. you guys well, would be like, "Oh, we do the chicken dance. Here we go." <laughs> well, yeah, well, and, and and like all carrot ko things, they come with stipulations. Like you can't just do any of those at any time for no for any reason, but you can do them. You know, yeah. they aren't they aren't ridiculously difficult. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the they had more weight when it was um, it wasn't as beneficial uh, for the last GHB to take a bunch of wizards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now, you know, wizards can help you get extra tactics to fill in that area, and they're going to be either allying in or mm-hmm. you know up up the creek without the uh, the battle paddle. Sure, so, like there's that. Yeah. I think that may balance them out. That's fair. One thing I think we should note maybe about the new battle tactics and the relative ease is it's really not the same for everyone because some That's of them true. are real easy depending mm-hmm. on the composition your army wants to do. I know I've only played a couple games in the new GHB, uh, but I found it pretty easy to get a spell off and control like that battle tactic if I have a 3D6 cast with Kabbalists. Or it's pretty sure. easy to move my whole army out of like my zone if it wants to do that anyway, and there's no reason to stick back there. But you try that with a static gun line or like a Teclean castle or something, it's just not available sure. to you. Yeah. And that one, if you if you look at the maps, there are uh about five maps out of twelve where getting yourself out of your out of your territory is tricky if you have to walk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um so it's not a turn one kind of deal. we were we played uh I played uh, my friend Johnny with Flesh Eater Courts uh, this week on Wednesday, and we did like a like we did one game where I just sort of like threw myself at him just to see what happens uh, because I had this is the first time really putting the KO on the table. Just wanted to see what was up, and it didn't go well, right? And then we re-racked, ran it back uh, with Johnny sort of going first, mm-hmm. and both of us really struggled to get a turn one battle tactic. And I know I just said the battle tactics are easier uh, and they are generally, but knowing which ones you can get on which missions is actually the secret, right? And so this mission was one of those ones where that walk out of your deployment zone is not a thing that you're going to do turn one, you know? 
Mm-hmm. That's pretty fair. The spicy outtake. I know that Matt's been waiting for this cavalry meta for a long time. Maybe it's here. <laughs> Maybe it's here. Maybe it's just run everything forward <laughs> your 10 inches or whatever it is. I mean, the couple of games that I've had with Dragon Ogres, that's been an easy one for me. So, sure. Um, you know, even though we lost our amazing hero movement, I was I was still getting it each time that I needed to do it. Yeah. So I've been happy with that one so far. That being said, it is very mission dependent, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I've also been lucky in a way, but um, I found myself taking an equal balance of the BOC book at least and the GHB missions on, mm-hmm. or the GHB uh, battle tactics as I've been going, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm not used to coming from almost a year of playing Skaven, uh, which sure, is right. the dumbest thing that you can do <laughs> is rely on your book for battle mm-hmm. tactics. Sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think, uh, I think the anti-meta is going to be something that we may see people swinging into like anti-magic just to expect it like a lot of corn um oh yeah yeah um i feel like uh people like uh when they announced how the magic was going to work with the primal dice and the um and the different spell lores uh the techless stonks uh just like drop precipitously and mm -hmm. i feel like they might be coming back right because countering your opponent's magic is just as good as having magic yourself in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. And well, is, yeah. Just thinking and about like, all the lists. Oh, sorry. And miles. No, no, I'm, no, I'm just saying uh, Teclas is, is, is still just as potent as he was. And you can reuse those primal dice to make sure that those really crucial um, power of Hish get off when you need them to happen, you know, on those archers or whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um to- totally fair and, and what is it the disc a lot of the auto dispels is is super valuable you were kind of saying it a second ago it yeah got me all excited because <laughs> you <laughs> you know you think about the number of armies that are building in a lot of resources to be able to do something like with the blizzard or with like the uh the whatever it is like the ice spell or frost you know mm-hmm. or, or something else they want to do with that extra that extra dice well you can just say nope anything that says yeah. nope has gone up in value in my book <laughs> Well, and then yeah. and then there's the the alternate Matt hot take here. Um, I feel like we're gonna have armies that may show up that just don't care whether or not they have a wizard because they're yeah. min maxed out to hell. Um, because that spell's only gonna go off five times a game, right? So if you have five different units that are equally um, equally strong. Uh, then you know, great. That's 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 one turn, one guaranteed turn of taking it. And the rest, uh, I can see those wizards suddenly becoming very scared for their lives with their with that spell on them. Uh, the what was the mortal wound spell? Oh, the blizzard. Yeah, the endless, blizzard. endless blizzard. What do they call it? Merciless kind of blizzard. Of Merciless blizzard. blizzard. Yeah, not endless, so, but. I still haven't cast it. I've never, I may have only tried like once and I didn't, obviously I can't do it with the KO, but you know. I did once and it felt <laughs> yeah. so good. Just nice. I, side, side anecdote, because if anyone out there is thinking about doing the merciless blizzard, do it just because yeah. the fun factor outstrips any competitive disadvantage. 
I <laughs> cast it on a Kragnos. I did like 14 wounds, and then I killed him in that same unit, and it felt nice. great. I had it casted on me twice, I think, before I got in and uh, ripped and teared. Um, mm. But I had one at, uh, I think it was 13 mortal wounds on a full unit of six dragon ogres, uh, which which is rough, very rough. And then uh, the next time, I think it was like five wounds. But it's still, oh, I can't, the, the look on your opponent's face when you cast that is enough. It's just enough. You can just be like, Haha, here you go. You couldn't stop it. Yeah, it, well, it pays dividends outside the actual victory. Yeah. If that it, even happens. Yeah. It, it's very much <laughs> a, a, a tool to keep them guessing, right? Oh, yeah. I, I want to go back to a thing you said earlier, Jack. Which way, maybe it's way earlier at this point, um, which was that we have this GHB for the next year, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so part of the state of the game is what is going to be happening over this next year. And like, so we know they've, they've said this GHB is for one full year. We are expecting that there will be a new edition at the end of that time. Right. Based on other context clues, uh, cities of Sigmar, which we, uh, have, uh, pontificated about already, um, look like they're going to be coming out. Flesh eater courts probably need a new book. They're the, I think the last, uh, standing, old old second edition book at this point there's some i mean other armies that might need some love but i think they're the only one that actually has a second yep. edition book yep yeah um, yeah but don't forget and so, we, uh, there's some spice in there miles we have a whole bunch of like harbingers two three four five whatever books exactly yeah so another in. another three to four uh sort of campaigny narrative books with potential uh you know, uh, sneaky war scroll updates and uh, new models for for various armies. Yeah. So um, I, I imagine a biggie piggy. Yes. Um, and that then one I feel like we can we can feel pretty good about. Yeah. <laughs> biggie piggy that, soon. Man. Give me biggie piggy soon. <laughs> and then an incarnate. We're gonna get an incarnate. You are hundred percent right. Can I make a prediction about the incarnate we're gonna get? It's Ooh. gonna suck. <laughs> no, I, I think you're wrong about that. <laughs> no, it's going to suck to play against. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's true. I bet it's just going to be like a big ice ball, like one of those like compacted whiskey balls you can sometimes you know get for like oh, a fancy sure, yeah, drink. Yeah. And it's going to just suck up all the ambient magic anyone casts to go Super Saiyan. It'll be like three to four months away. It'll be a natural counter to all the meta play around Wizards, and it'll be annoying. There, that's my prediction. Nice. I just want to see I, like a wannabe Frosty the Snowman. Oh, and it's incarnate levels are just levels of the Snowman. So it starts <laughs> as a two-layer Snowman and becomes three-layer, goes down to one, and finally it melts. <laughs> and it's like it's like one of those weird, weird kits where you can like add to it. It'd be like stackable, you know, stackable scenery oh and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. eventually, over the course <laughs> of the game, you get, and then at the end, you get the carrot. You know, when it's level five. I would love that if it was like a Mr. Potato Head model where you're just supposed to add the pieces as you get to certain God. thresholds. That'd be so good. It would be so terrible, too. You'd lose the pieces immediately, mm-hmm. you know? Right away. <laughs> uh, feeding into having to buy more kits. It makes yeah. sense. There you yeah. go. Um, um, but so that's what we can kind of look forward to in terms in terms of things that will change the status quo of what yeah. we're dealing with. Also, uh, three probably battle scroll updates and at least one points adjustment. It'll be a wild ride. For yeah. Sure. yeah. But, uh, um, but let's, let's, but, let's, but not like, for example, eight books in three months. Better than that. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, there is some things out there that can shake things up, but also we seem to have a period of relative stability in the mortal realms and, and sort of competitive Sigmar ahead of us. Yeah, it's, a, it's almost like we didn't know what to do with this period of calm. <laughs> Um, I, I'm still a little fixated just in terms of like this matter right now. And, and some, mm-hmm. something you guys have said a bit earlier on the counterplay, the counter meta play, I think specifically it might've been, might've been you, Matt, where if you know, you're going to see certain things, you're going to an event, you can tech in for that. And it seems like there's a, at least early days here, a couple of things you kind of want to be able to do, right? Like a couple examples being, if you know, you're going to see, a lot of things rely on command points, like maybe the OBR, the Geminids are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Shards of Alagar are not always the best choice. They can be dispelled in your opponent's turn and thus do nothing. But if you don't want zombies or things popping up in your backfield in your turn, you can cast them to protect yourself against Soulblight. And if Soulblight's mm-hmm. a big bad you know you're going to face, all of a sudden they're more relevant. You know, Stuff like that. I think there's clearer frontrunners maybe right now, and so there are clearer tech choices. Yeah, well, one for me with the with the KO is the the Voidstone Orb, which is the auto dispel, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. With everybody trying to just sort of have that one wizard that casts that one thing for the battle tactic, it's like, well, now you can't do that. Now you have to do some other battle tactic, you know, or you have to seriously backboard your wizard, mm-hmm. and not everybody can afford to do, to backboard their wizard that hard. Exactly, they can't put him in the corner to like be able to be outside the thirty, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think we see the knight and cantor come back. I yeah. think that's that that uh we're suddenly gonna see all of those sell out again soon. I, I have mine with it with the knight and cantor with the dwarf helmet because it needed to go on the boat. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that came in the case of various dwarf things that Jackson made. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that 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 whole army had such a journey. It was sort of intermediary pack mule by our, our mutual friend, Sean. Yeah. Uh, and it was in my wife's like 30 year old, because her dad owned it a million years ago, playboy like traveling case. So it was quite the conversation starter. We oh, that yeah. Airport. No, I don't. <laughs> Sean That's got such a, such a hard time. But, you know, and it's just like a normal suitcase. But around the edges, it says Playboy instead of like, you know, Samsonite or whatever the hell other suitcases are, are labeled, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you was like, wait, wait, what? But other, other than that, it's not like there's like you open it up and there's a bunch of like centerfolds taped to the inside or anything like that. It's just like a normal suitcase. Yeah, no, that <laughs> thing would be like an above and beyond discretionary choice, I, I guess. Yeah. But not the way it was delivered to Sean. <laughs> no, I was going to say Playboy really let us down with that design fill there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so we made it. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, go for it, Matt. So I'm wondering how, you know, there's, we, we have a bunch of magic heavy armies, um, that are coming into this and there, there are people that are probably, that were probably building lists that were feeling really good. And I've heard a lot of really random anecdotal stories about a lot of these heavy magic builds, just not, performing the way they mm-hmm. want um mm-hmm. and i can't remember the the i don't know if it was us talking about it last time or um someone else talking about it but uh zeech right now apparently is having a rough time with miscasting and exploding on certain missions and then oh, nuking heard, half yeah. their army um and and i wonder if 
we will see eventually kind of a move away from super heavy into the uh, the magic heavy armies, just because there are so many counters out there now. Sure. Um, it, it, it could just be, you know, light magic is enough, you know? Yeah. Like just having somebody walk around with that spell. And that to me is pretty encouraging, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having battle tactics that were entirely dependent on small characters that weren't mounted before yeah. was, uh, I won't lie, that was a pretty rough time as somebody who likes their orcs on porks mm. um, as opposed <laughs> to orcs on foots. Orcs so, on porks. I like yeah. That. So like, I don't know. There's, I feel, I feel, I feel pretty happy about how I think this meta is going to turn out now that we have that lag time. Like we haven't had this amount of lag time since. Oh man. Start a third ed maybe. Uh, yeah. End of second, all the Mm -hmm. way into probably Ideneth Deepkin, I think. Okay. Right. Yep. I think that does feel yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Touching on touching on that thought, Matt. I think yeah, um, we saw a ton of castle castley builds. You know, in the last uh, edition, where you had all these foot heroes, which you needed to have, and they were giving you auras or something, um, and you needed to sort of castle around to protect them because they were going to score. The, the, you, you couldn't allow them to get picked off. You mm-hmm. know, and they had to, you had to sort of be very careful with them. And Zinch, you know, is really, it's a castle build. Sometimes you can move the castle because it's Zinch, but like functionally, you have all those really, really squishy, really precious casters, you know, surrounded by uh, what is hopefully an impenetrable wall of summonable demons or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, and I think that those castles just aren't as effective uh, at the new battle tactics in the new missions, you know. Um, there's more missions that have high numbers of objectives you know there's there's more four to six objective missions than there used to be Mm -hmm. um there aren't as many uh sort of easy battle tactics you can just get with a single hero on foot type thing you know you have to move out of your you know like for example we were just talking about moving out of your zone castle builds don't like to move out of their zone Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm You know, some, so I think sometimes objectives will even turn off. Like, what's the one with the well water? You know, so yeah, exactly. So you cannot mind. just sit on your laurels and and collect VPs. You know, yeah, and I think we'll probably see at least uh, probably midway through the GHB a, kind of a loss of um, of Death Stars. Like we were attaining critical mass there for a couple of armies, just making Death Stars that just kind of run through everything. Right, sure. And now that that now that we have two spells that can a turn one decent unit into a highly offensive unit, or sure. uh, b just a mortal wound machine, right? Mm-hmm. It it may not make sense to condense all of your points into two units, right? Sure. Yeah, you so, might want to just uh, be a little bit more flexible, be a little more reactive. <clears throat> have, you know. Mm-hmm. And having it's, it's having speed is going to be fun for that too. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for that part. So we're seeing um I think the the big the big armies out there right now. We talked about Soul Blight. Um OBR is still up there. Um uh who else? Uh KO. Slaves of Darkness actually were placing pretty high on the last couple of tournaments that I saw. Nice, nice. Good That's for good. them. You know, they've they've kind of fluctuated a little bit, but I'm glad to hear that they're they're on the rise. 
Well, you know, Solaris. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. They just they they're an army with that big toolbox, and so you know, uh, hopefully, you know, they've got enough things in there that they can find something to build around. Oh yeah, I, I feel like we have an advantage in, in STD lands with Cabalists. They're really good at casting in this edition because you can get to three dice pretty easily, and then you can mess about with the fourth one if you need a primal. But that makes a lot of things very possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just a, I was just about to say Cabalists are back in vogue, so it's very nice. Which is fun. Uh, Seraphon are kind of in um, the ether. Yeah, I don't like I don't like Sir. I I don't think I'm ever gonna like Seraphon. I think no, I'm fair, always just gonna to like be, be angry at them for doing so well. <laughs> but but no, now are I have they... no like real argument against them because the models are beautiful <laughs> and I want to play a Seraphon army. It's just but that... are they meta defining? Matt is the question. <laughs> I mean, you, you poke a bear whenever we talk about Seraphon. We know this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they totally are meta defining, right? Okay. Like I think uh, Croak. Croak is still going to be Croak, right? He doesn't even mm, right. need any extra dice. So if you want to put your points into other small wizards, I can see like a very sneaky Seraphon army um, mm. just rolling up the field, getting things done and doing what they do best. Um, I don't I don't necessarily know if they're going to... They, they have a lot of good counters, but they're still, as far as I'm concerned, like on the edge of an overpowered army. Sure. Um, and I think they always will be because of the niche that they have to fill for their playstyle, right? We're talking Seraphon here, right? And, the, and like the croaks of the world and things like that. Yeah. And they just have like, they, I guess they've always been this way in Age of Sigmar at the very least. They're either stupidly overpowered or they're going to be bottom of the barrel but either way they are rock to scissors and there are a lot of scissors out there that seems that seems fair well in terms of other top contenders we really can't ignore corn blades of corn is in like oh yeah yeah some ways they're the best counter to magic matter right because they don't have to have a wizard game they just make every wizard game stay bad yeah, they're, I mean, I I don't see how they're not going to do well. Uh, yeah. That's usually I mean, up the, <laughs> to the player so, to fail their games with a lot no, of exactly. They're They're definitely strong, but also at the same time, they are immediately roped out of four uh, of the book of the GHB battle tactics. Yeah, yeah. Right, that are just completely verboten. Mm-hmm. Um, but their book battle tactics are good. So that's that's but where it's they're at least of, decent. Yeah. They're good enough to fill the gap, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I see them as. No, I definitely like, think they're a contender. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Gits. Do we think Gits have fallen off the podium? They've, at this point, they've kind of gotten triple nerfed, you know? Um, do we? Yeah. I mean, they definitely still have punch. When it happens, I guess the question will just be, is it consistently enough punch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an open question on that, I think. Um, who else is up there? You know who's I've, like I've, a... I've, oh, go, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say, I've heard some interesting rumors about uh, 
Gargant's coming back into uh, into power. Um, Interesting. They so they still have. Um, I if, if I remember right, um, it's been a, it's been admittedly a little while since I looked at the book. So, um, but they still have a real arcane tome. You know, a pre-nerf arcane tome in the mm-hmm. form of the glowy lantern or mm-hmm. the glowy earring. Um, so they can make them make one of them a wizard and take whatever the hell spell they want. Um, you know, and then uh because of the sort of decrease in castle builds and death star builds, right? I think they start to perform significantly better because you have fewer things that are hitting the damage check that they sort of represent. I'm right there with you on that. I think that if, if someone doesn't have a unit or two in their list, they can go run up and kill a guard in one go, or close enough to that. Yeah, and they're gonna fa- they're gonna fail. You know, on, on giving that Gargan player a lot more free reign. And if they're specifically not doing that because they're afraid of uh, that thing becoming a juicy Blizzard target, then it does tend to benefit them. I think another sleeper that's going to come out is Sylvaneth. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tree Lord Ancients suddenly have like a lot more use case now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the spell lore from Sylvaneth doesn't necessarily support taking more than one Tree Lord Ancient, I sure. would say, um, because you are paying the points for sending down a tree. But now you have the ability to set down a tree wherever you want. If you're having more than one, they have access mm-hmm. to some pretty terrifying offensive spells they have two ways of adding rend to the rest of the army they also Mm -hmm. have the easiest way really to get those forward objectives because they have a free tree there and then you can teleport your tree revs all of your tree lords can go through it um that's if you're playing extremely like aggressively Really, this is just me trying to get the guts to actually play my Sylvaneth army I've been working on for like five years. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I feel like they're a sleeper that will somehow sneak up higher and higher and higher as the GHP goes on. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at like the T-Sports rankings and that kind of stuff, they're still, you know, uh, top middle for sure. You know, um, obviously mm-hmm. the data is still really early on that again because we're, you know, we haven't had enough events to really have strong statistical confidence mm-hmm. in those things. But um, yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be a decent. I remember the, that, uh, that two up cast that they have, what an mm-hmm. excellent way to get that one battle tactic. Yeah. You know? Easy peasy lemon <laughs> squeezy. Five, six uh, at a time. Yeah. So um, yeah. Any of those uh, factions again, that, that have that either, uh, an unbreakable cast or a uh, auto unbind, you know, I feel like that is something to watch out for, you know, so like OBR with the dark acolyte where like, if you, if you naturally cast the spell, it cannot be unbound. Um, KO the spell in the bottle. That's a spell. It can't be unbound. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Zinch's, um free, uh, they get a free, Endless spell. Now you probably wouldn't want Zinch to. They probably have to cast a whole bunch of spells anyway because they're looking for, you know, summoning points and that kind of stuff. But does that count as a spell that's un that's unbreakable or un un unbindable? Now I've been building my my all chariot list because of course I have, and I finally got everything put together. Which um, which all chariot list is this? Oh, for of Zinch. All, of, 
Okay. So all burning chariots of siege. Uh, oh yeah. That at that point, it's going to just be a meme of me riding yeah. on a chariot. There's two. Uh, the there's a guy. There's a guy up in Northern Ireland, Colin Cochran, a uh, fantastic guy who's running uh, way more Stormcast uh, chariots than is otherwise advisable, and he's been doing fantastic with them. Uh, they're never going to be a bad unit for what they are. They can yeah. go up like 25 more points, almost 40 more points, and still be a unit that I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. I'm yeah. fine with well, that. The Stormstrike storm chariots do like way more work. Than most mm-hmm. chariots. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. compare them to my Slaneshi ones, you know, not the same league. <laughs> well, and they're just little mini castles. Like the you, you can get them to a one plus save easy, and then they can just mm-hmm. sit there and go right and hold a line far longer than um something you know than they should expect you. Um <laughs> but yeah, the uh I think the spell that Siege puts down, and I'm I'm looking for it right now. I'm just very slow. Welcome to mm-hmm. Matt being slow. Okay. Um, I think that goes down before the um, before the game starts. Okay, so it doesn't uh, before it doesn't priority count as a spell. is rolled. Yeah. And it, it, again, it might not matter because uh, you know they're going to want to cast a bunch of spells anyway, and you wouldn't take that battle tactic. And it's not like they're hurting for battle tactics anyway. I was um, just thinking, you know, um, absolutely. Well, well, just because there's you kind of an open question still, guys, mm-hmm. is in this spicy new realm uh, that we find ourselves in. How do we prepare for tournaments, knowing all these things, always conjecturing on all these things? I mean, and what does that look like in a practical sense? <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I think some advice that, uh, like, always, where you know, obviously, like, get a good night's sleep, pack yourself a granola bar, uh, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> all of those good things, you know, uh, make sure you go to the bathroom before your first game begins, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, don't start day one, round one of the 9% breakfast beer. Yeah, avoid. yeah, exactly. So like, you know, um, but, but, you know, but in terms of like, uh, tournament prep that doesn't also apply to the SATs, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I think one, and uh, there's a guy here who does it sort of religiously, and we uh, give him a hard time for it, but it's actually a very good practice, which is to practice your deployments. So he'll go to the shop mm-hmm. on a day where he doesn't have a game, and they'll just set up his army as if he's deploying for the for this game, for, for a mission, tweak it until he really likes the setup, and then break it all down, set up the next mission, deploy his army as if he's playing that mission, tweak it, you know, and just sort of go through every single mission, you know, um, so that when it comes, you know, so that, you know, when it comes to the actual game, he had a plan, you know, uh, and whether that plan gets thrown off or whatever, you know, maybe your opponent does something wonky that you have to react to, but, but, uh, you know, he, there was a plan and it's set up to make sure that there is a battle tactic he can do turn one in every mission. It's, it's sort of funny. I, I think that what he's doing is 100% a great idea in terms of preparation and practice, but I also have to laugh too, just thinking of how crazy that would look. Just got oh, yeah. No, it looks like an insane, <laughs> yeah, he looks like an insane person. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he can do it at home too, you know, if, yeah. you, if you're really, if you're really self conscious about it, just do it at yeah. home. 
Um, oh, absolutely. No, that's 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 a great strategy for figuring it out, especially on like mm-hmm. smaller deployment or if you are practicing to do that one battle tactic, right? Learn mm-hmm. how you want to deploy to get everybody there. And then roll the uh, dice. Yeah. Roll yeah. the dice to make sure you can do it. Um but yeah, I mean I think that's the that's the big secret. You know, the the missions now are weird, you know, to for lack of a better descriptor. And, uh, you know, making sure that you have a game plan going into every single one, even the ones that you think are not likely to show up. That's that's fair. Like yeah. even the simplest of the words, like here's a couple, you know, objectives, not too many straightforward deployments. Like, oh, by the way, everyone's under a partial eclipse. Three up to have to do two command points instead of one. Stuff like that is like, yeah, very much more disruptive than we've seen in some other iterations. <laughs> I mean, for for me, I'd say gamble. Gamble in your practice games. Mm -hmm. Do Mm -hmm. put yourself in situations that are 50, I don't know, uh, 60, 40, right? Say like, I can do that if I get this done. Run Run for the crazy things to see, to get it, A, get it out of your system. Sure. And then B, um, you know, find out what it would have taken you to get to that point where you would have either a scored that battle tactic, you know, like how, you know, there's a designer ethos of fail constantly, right? Mm -hmm. Fail constantly as much as you can so that you can learn, you know, (laughs) you can learn how to get past that and win. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's pretty fair. Well, it's, you know, it, it, it's 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 an ethos that I, I would much rather lose as many games as I could in a practice game. Well, obviously giving somebody a fun time in their game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I would much rather lose in a ton of practice games to be prepared to say, oh, okay, I know my unit can't do that when I'm in the crunch time. Sure. So let's go to this other battle tactic that maybe a stretch on paper or you know maybe done just a little bit early in this game but it's guaranteed, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had a good moment like that yesterday or t- Wednesday um, when, uh, you know, playing with these KO really for, for the first or second time. And, you know, it is always a terrible idea to split your shots. Um, mm-hmm. And it's always yeah. the most tempting thing to do. Um, and with this new book, I really don't have the reps to have a good understanding of how much what the damage output of half a giant Thunderer's unit is going to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really difficult. So in, until you have those expectations of like, I know in this type of scenario what the out- output of this unit actually is. So then you can make those more risky plays in a calculated way when you have to. Yeah. Right. But you don't know it until you've tried it. And I found out that half a Thunderer unit can't kill six horrors, horrors, uh, crypt horrors. So <laughs> see, this, this is exactly, I think, like a really pivotal thing that kind of goes with what Matt was saying, too, where you have to fail. You have to, like, try it enough times to realize yeah. that you know, that won't work. And then build like a muscle memory because yeah. if you do it once, you might get lucky and then kind of shoot the moon. And then you have like this bad idea in your head for what it comes right. up again. But maybe you have like a two out of three chance of it just whiffing because the yeah. math isn't there. So 
I, I think that's that's really valid, but it kind of brings up an interesting point about tournament prep and that there's the idealized tournament prep and then there's like, hey, real world, we're all trying to do our things in life and then also go to the tournament prep where sure. maybe you don't have enough reps to do that. I mean, unless you're sort of like in a monastic cell playing Warhammer, like an idealized state for sure. And you're you know, in your maybe, little yellow robe and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. um, <laughs> in, in that case, and like I would still I would still shoot for lose your game. Lose your game that you're playing, right? Before the tournament, right? This is lose the game that you're playing before the tournament. (laughs) And 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 um, and this goes more to just like learning the limits of your army. Um, We all math hammer everything out, like, oh, that's improbable, and that's exactly when it happens. Is when you are so sure that something is going to fail. He's not going to get. He's not going to roll sixteen, or he's not going to roll a you know twelve mortal wounds on me. That's Right. That's illogical, right? That's exactly when it happens because you've immediately ruled it out um, mm-hmm. in As playing a, a dice game for some reason. Um, and so, yeah. like, I would, I would say, like, even if you're down to lower games, um, imagine how you're going to fail. Take the chances then, so that you know not to take them later. Um, even if you're only getting one game in, knowing the limits of your units. Um, not just on paper, but in context of a game that is consistently changing and morphing on you, mm-hmm. whether you're getting double turned, whether you suddenly get the double turn um, when you weren't expecting it at all, because mm-hmm. you know, your dice rolls were going bad for the entirety of the game up to that point, mm-hmm. um, or you know, casting spells, et cetera, et cetera. Knowing the limits of your units is I think more important than imagining their capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think to Jack's idea, you know, um, maybe you don't have the chance to do your deployment prep uh, for every single mission, but maybe, yeah, yeah, you do it in your house, but, um, <laughs> but maybe you're to the tournament you're going to has posted the missions in advance or something, you know, or you can be pretty sure that they're not going to do towers in the tundra or whatever, whatever ends up being the, um, instant win mission this, this, this time around that nobody seems to put in the tournament pack. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very good point. It's like work smart, not hard. If you have yeah. limited time to do all of it, but you know there's going to be five missions, well then you can just prepare for those. You know, right? If, if and you know any other things a, about it? <laughs> exactly. From a philosophical standpoint, there should be an equal op- uh, an equal chance of. I think there should be an equal chance of encountering any mission, and you should prepare as though that is the case. But that is actually not the reality, and we saw that last last GHB because I think. Was it Honest Wargamer uh, had some stats on uh, missions from him from tournaments for, throughout the last GHB and like Probably twists and turns was like one percent. Yeah, 1% which is sad. Played. Super sad. Yeah, I mean it's a shitty mission. It was like I don't want to be negative about you know this, but like it wasn't. It was a tough mission. It was very swingy and it was frequently lost through no fault of your own yeah not beloved of the tournament scene or people who want to win games based on skill <laughs> eh, eh. i can i can argue that uh i can argue the opposite side that if you want to make sure that you're doing it right you can just table your opponent and then you have all the objectives <laughs> so you know if you want to build into winning only that mission then you can do that no that's true that's a good very point. fair um, very fair 
I would, I would say like little things too are always really helpful for me when I'm prepping for a tournament. Um, knowing how many dice I have for a unit, like one of the things I try and practice is making sure that I'm like not super holding up my opponent when I'm playing because mm-hmm. there, I, for me, there's nothing worse than walking away from a game and being like, wow, I just wasted a ton of their time trying to fiddle around and do random stuff. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what I'll do is I'll have like a pre-count um, that I'll pull out my dice, have them ready. Okay, I know that I've got 23 attacks coming from this unit. One of them is going to be a special attack that will have a different profile. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make sure I have two sets of dice, one with a different color, and I can get used to pointing out uh, yeah. so that they can see as I'm rolling. Um, another huge thing, I'm never going to not say it, is just AOSreminders.com go and print out a sheet of everything that you have. You can review mm-hmm. it ahead of time. Here are the battle tactics that I can use on this mission. Here are the ones from my book. Here is, yeah. um, you know, all of the spells. I can review this. I can have this front of mind or I can have it available if it's not front of mind and I'm flustered. Here, I think here's that's a con- really fair. Yeah. Here's a contentious take. Uh, practice with a chess clock. Yes, That's no matter, no matter yeah. what your feeling is about chess clocks in tournaments, whatever, you will get faster at the game if you play with a chess clock um, because it just forces good time management on your on your part. Um, it is, you know, uh, I have found it is way more about managing your own time as opposed to managing your opponent's time in terms of like, you know, there are really good people who can weaponize chess clocks at very high levels of competition, but you and your opponent at your local store are not going to be those people. So practice that way. Even if you run out of time, the act of doing it will give you, you know, like just the act of having to press the button whenever you're done um, will give you a sense of like, Oh, that was a really long turn. I need to speed that up. I I totally agree with that. I mean, it's just, it's a feedback mechanism to tell you, yeah, you took a long time. Yeah. Maybe that's a place to look for improvement or just to be more conscious of it. (laughs) And honestly, that's where I got the dice, um, dice practice from was playing Mm -hmm. in chess clocks, uh, early eighth edition 40 K. Cause I had an all splinter rifle splinter racks army, which, took forever to play re-rolling yeah. ones on gunboats and then blasters and yada 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 yeah, yeah. so i had to figure out okay i'm wasting a ton of time trying to figure out which dice goes to what yeah. have my dice pre-counted i can just roll them and then they're good to go the, the chess mm-hmm. clock will most definitely f- help you find pieces of your play style that can be improved upon or just new answers to problems you didn't realize you were creating right yeah Hundred percent. So maybe another potential one, you know, in terms of like a time saver to throw in there for for prep would be if you have the opportunity to, and it's like the night before the tournament or whatever, and you can see like what the factions are coming in from like your your BCP or whatever. Just mm-hmm. have an extra big think about the ones that seem to be prevalent. <laughs> you know, if like if you know there's like ten Stormcast Eternals players and there's thirty people in a tournament, just think about the Stormcast and what you'll do in those situations. Very yep. sort of that kind of thing. And if you don't have access to those lists, don't bug your TO about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that Go feels bad. and buy a BCP subscription. This episode has been brought to you by BCP. Be <laughs> a lot of free sponsorships. Jeez. Be <laughs> nice to your TO. 
both pre and post. I just want to say this. Your TOs have a thankless job. So respect and love them for what they do, damn it. Uh, well, maybe on that on that bombshell, uh, we, we should call it an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Respect your tos, and uh, we st- <laughs> the game is in a state. Uh, so that's, that's what we've covered today. <laughs> I'm not exactly. crying at all. I'm not crying at all. I'm reflecting about how I need to respect my TOs as much as possible as I drink my coffee from this ASL branded coffee cup. So there we go. They're available on Redbubble. There we go. We, we're just throwing sponsors out left and right. One of us, <laughs> one of those being our own. Yeah. Well, I figured we'd break, break ourselves in the mix there too. It seems like it's open season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might as well. Uh, sounds good. Well, um, thanks to everybody for listening all the way to the end and for joining us today. Uh, it's been a good episode. What do you guys think? I, yes. I think we're, we're we're striking last. Striking last now and forever. Yep. We did it. <laughs> oh, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, I still can't find the button. Where the stupid button there we go.